folks, and welcome to episode nine of Fit Girls Talk. My name's Keris Marsden of Fitter Food, and this is, oh, well, not this is, here is, oh, I am with Sarah Doyle of The Better Life Project. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Joe, I never like doing the introductions. I don't know why. I think you should just do them in the future. It's just not my forte. <laughs> <laughs> nope. uh, but yeah, what we're we talking about today, we're going to do relationships today. Yeah, which I think is going to be a really, really interesting one because when myself and Karis were thinking about what aspects of relationships we were going to cover, I think we were kind of surprised by how many different types of relationships in a woman's life there are you can cover. Yeah. There's obviously relationships with your significant other or your boyfriend. Um, in our case, it's our boyfriend and our business partner as well. So you've got that relationship and you've got relationships with your friends and your family. I even thought for a second you were talking about relationship with food and exercise, which I think is an awesome one, but stuff that we've covered yeah. a lot before. Yeah. And then there's also your relationship with yourself, which I think is a, a huge one. And I think a lot of the other relationships are kind of pinned by that one. Yeah. But I think... And influence that one. Oh, 100%. But I think talking about boyfriends, for me, just seems like a really interesting one because it's something that I know that is has played a massive role in my life for about 15 or 16 years for as long as I think I knew what boys were I always <laughs> felt like having a boyfriend that I was far more worthy or complete exactly yeah. and I work with many women at the moment who feel life is perfect but I don't have a boyfriend. Oh, really? So, yeah. So, unfortunately, their entire happiness and confidence and success has been tarnished because there's this one area in their life that they haven't, I guess, ticked the box. Yeah. So, they're going, ah, I don't know now. Everything is pretty good, but... And I was like that before, before I met James. I think before I met James, I had, there was about a year or two where I was fairly carefree and I was going on lots of dates and I was meeting lots of guys. And I think it was because I finally stopped going to places where I would find them. And I started to go, I'm just going to do my own thing. And it started to happen quite quickly for me. Um, and I remember so, I so were you um, before, so you've been with James for how long? Three and a half-ish years. And how long were you single dating for before that? I had kind of unserious boyfriends before that. Like I was right. dating kind of exclusively a lot of guys before that. My first very serious boyfriend would have been when I was about 18 or 19. He he was the definition of an absolute gobshite. And I still to this day <laughs> think about him. And and I get so angry at him for turning me into the, so into the teenager, into the young woman that I, I, I was at that time. It was it was. It was horrible. Um, and I had a really serious boyfriend when I was about 20. And then everyone since that was kind of just very, very informal kind of boyfriend, girlfriend type things. Like a boyfriend in Australia and a guy that I was dating, but we called each other our non-boyfriend boyfriend or our non-girlfriend girlfriend. And that was about the extent of it. And then I met James at a point in my life where the guy, the guy I was dating before him and this is no word of a lie because I didn't look like Rosanna Davison. Have you heard of her before? No. Who's that? She won Miss World. Uh, she's an Irish model, Christopher's daughter. Um, Are those his exact words? Yeah. I, he, he was <laughs> messing me around for a couple of weeks. And I was, I can be very, 
like I don't take any shit and I don't take any crap or at least I didn't in the last couple of years yeah and um, I think part of the problem was I took too much of it when I was in my early 20s and in my mid-20s I just wasn't having any of it <laughs> and he was messing me around for a few months and I was like what is going on what's the problem you clearly don't want to see me anymore why not uh because um I think I'm too good for you and I was like what I don't look like I was on a day uh yeah that's it what? I was like what <laughs> Um, oh my god yeah so it's it's a funny it's a funny one so I think over the last 15 or 20 years I think I just I understand so much about some of these girls that I see coming through my doors and they're going life is so good but and the but is usually you don't have a boyfriend do you and they go no you really want one don't you yeah why because I think it's going to complete me and you sit there and you go it's so hard to try to reverse that train of thinking because I've never reversed it I just settled a little bit more if that makes any sense yeah it's interesting that you made the point about teenage years and like how they influenced and you still think about the first partner or the first serious partner you had and I I completely agree I'm exactly the same and that's the first time partner I had and got screwed over by was when I would first say I really messed up my relationship with food and my body because I couldn't control the, the relationship in a way like I was being cheated on and all sorts so I had to one it makes you feel like you're not good enough so you have to change but I could control my food and I could control exercise so yeah. that's when I developed these really disordered patterns with those and then it, mm. it I just couldn't break them because they became yeah. my safety net and they still yeah. are to a certain extent if, if Matt was to tell me he was leaving me for another woman tomorrow I'd probably go off for a massive run <laughs> so I really would <laughs> have a great smoothie <laughs> but I, I think that's I think that, that that's a really interesting one because I, I, I have no doubt that if I was to think about it a little bit more a lot of a lot of how I would have I guess behaved when there were kind of really significant men in my life or when those significant men were messing me up was I felt the need to control other things yeah absolutely and, and, and food and exercise has always been a, a, a big one but it was almost I what I was at my most relaxed and my most easygoing was just before I met James and then oh, it was only when like I you'd found peace. And then, Mm-hmm. <laughs> you'd found peace with yourself a little yeah bit. and then it was only in meeting James and <laughs> joke about this quite a lot that he almost rescued me from uh have you heard of the the saying with CrossFit drinking the Kool-Aid no what's that oh it's it's I, I don't know where it came from but uh it's just when you become really obsessed with it oh, and really? they call it the CrossFit Kool-Aid and I was like I was literally the glass was just <laughs> an in King James on his white horse going no <laughs> have a pastry have a potato and he he came in at this time in my life where I just needed someone to kind of balance my life out a little bit Um, and he was able to afford me a lot of perspective when it it came to that because I think there were a couple of boys uh, maybe that comment did bother me I don't know the whole whole Rosanna Davison thing maybe that did bother me but uh, it was actually just before I met James. And it was only since James that I've started to kind of cool cool down a little bit when it comes to my food and exercise. Because he he's just was such a positive influence on me. I remember, I think it was our second or our third date. Maybe our fourth or our fifth. But we went uh, to Dundrum Shopping Centre, just a local shopping centre in Dublin. And it was a lovely day. So we went into the shops. He got a bag of sweeties because James and sweeties are synonymous. <laughs> I love that you call them sweeties. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> sweeties. Santi. <laughs> and 
we he went and got some and I wouldn't eat sweets then and and uh, we sat down outside and I had one or two kind of not really thinking about it and he looks at me when I was eating them and he goes Sarah it's so nice to see you eat like a normal person and I was like what normal <laughs> And then it just sort of hit me. Oh my god, I've been so weird with food and exercise around you. <laughs> <laughs> so he he was he was a, a, a lovely balance. But how, how long have you and Matt been together for now? What five years? Um, Six? Longer? Oh, do you know what? I'm terrible. I don't keep track. I like, you know, people. Some people do anniversaries and all sorts. I think we're nearly. I think we're nearly eight. Yeah, eight. I, yeah. And how did you guys meet? So. Basically in the gym, <laughs> of course, where else? James, yeah. <laughs> but it's funny because we, I was going through a breakup when I first met Matt. Um, so okay. I just used to admire him, basically admire him from the treadmill. <laughs> I think as I was going through this horrendous time at home, I was like, well, at least I can come to the gym and look at him. Like, that's, that's quite amazing. And then, um, um, and when I saw him, I, remember, I actually said this to you when we first met in Portugal yeah. and said, I, I was contemplating the fact that I might end up signal, sing, single <laughs> single, because my relationship wasn't working out. But I was like, I'd never end up with someone like that. And then randomly, I sort of caught him looking at me occasionally. So I'd smile. Then we got chatting. And then I just thought, you know, he's a really friendly guy, probably talks to all the women and probably just wants me to become a client, basically. Um, that's why he's talking to me, because why else would he talk to me? So self-esteem was pretty low at this time. <laughs> I was like, why would anyone do that? <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here going, Karis, when was the last time you looked at a mirror? <laughs> it was about two weeks ago. <laughs> anyway, um, but um, then we ended up becoming, um, because I the relationship did break up, um, and I ended up, um, investing in a couple of personal trainers just to take my mind off the situation I was like I'm going to get some personal trainers I'm going to learn some shit in the gym I'm going to just take my mind off everything and yeah. I made loads of friends um, and it was a great time in my life basically became friends with a load of girls in the gym we sort of hung out together and then obviously some of the guys in the gym so Matt was one of them and he sort of made it clear everyone started to pick up on the fact we had a bit of chemistry and then he started to hint you know that maybe there could be something and whatever and I was adamant (laughs) well he was he was 21 at the time and I was so I would have been 28 and I said absolutely no way I've just come out of a relationship with someone where we were so different and he was a he was almost like a young he felt like a younger version of me he was still into drinking big lads out out football and I was like I don't want that I want someone older more experienced who wants to travel the world with me and talk about intellectual things <laughs> that, that was always my answer like for everything and uh and that was like <laughs> I can see you walking around with your checklist and your pin board I was, now, honestly. Tell, me, tell me about the most intellectually challenging conversation <laughs> yeah. that you've had today say things to impress me <laughs> and honestly went on guardian soulmates and did so many dates with mm. really mature boring full of themselves men and I'd be on these dates and I'd be texting Matt because we were really good friends at that point going this guy honestly I'd be telling them the stories of my dates and and he was dating some women and he would be like oh my god this woman she just won't stop looking at herself and it's just so much makeup on and so we were just become really good mates and then eventually it was sort of inevitable we, we just ended up going out one night pole dancing <laughs> and snogging <laughs> yeah basically and, and yeah and it was from there and he was always um yeah he always said from the beginning he knew that you know he was like I he knew it could be a good relationship whereas I was like no 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 I've got all these these boxes I need to tick about what a good relationship has to have in it and you're just too young and too good looking 
and you need to go and spend about 10 years sleeping your way around London and get it out of your system and then you'll be this mature man with lots of <laughs> experience and intellectual conversation. And, but it's, it's another funny one because I see so many women who have this checklist <laughs> as well but at the same time they have this checklist they have this it's like a, a, a countdown timer and they have to meet someone by this stage but yeah. I need to make sure that they, they tick all the right boxes on my checklist but that's it they, there's these checklists he must be this he must be this but I must meet him by this date and if I don't it means that life isn't complete and it's it's such a conundrum because there's so much pressure that we put on ourselves but I don't think guys do that I think guys live so much more in the moment when it comes to relationships and meeting people they don't overanalyze it in the same way that we do I think the worst thing that's happened really is the way that that meeting people has gone online so much I mean I haven't Mm. been single for a long time but but I only had a little brief spell of of experience of that and the people like the guys would be almost amazing sometimes to chat on email and amazing on paper and then I'd meet in person and there would just be zero chemistry and again and it was like when I'd meet with Matt I'd be like stupid conversations about um you know we just make each other laugh about the gym or or farting or Mm. gossiping about someone we knew or we had exactly the same opinions on people like that straight away gelled but more than ever he just made me laugh so much and he's really good at doing impressions and he was he would constantly do impressions in the gym so if he was training you would do different accents and it was just something like i couldn't ignore that i looked forward to yeah there was chemistry and attraction but he would i just knew he'd make me laugh and yeah, I think going that, online it's, it's the just the best thing ever absolutely and, and I was just I'd sit on these dates with these really um, you know one with like a high powered lawyer um, and I just remember thinking I've never met anyone so arrogant in all my life like yeah. just yeah. on paper he yeah. was amazing an attractive guy like maybe but I just was like there is nothing about you that, that I appeals to me but it's so easy and a part of me is so grateful for all of these opportunities that social media and online dating does give us because yeah. whilst myself and James met in the gym it was Facebook that actually kind of brought us together yeah but it's it's so easy to to be someone that you're not on yeah, Facebook online definitely and it's like I think we struggle enough sometimes with our identity when we're growing up when we're in our early 20s and I think especially as women because we have so many confidence issues and self-esteem issues it's hard to just be in the moment yeah. so Facebook and online dating makes it so much easier but then when you actually do meet in person it's so much pressure because you can't remember who you are <laughs> yeah. what, what was I like with you and, and what dating site was that and I can't remember what you said that you liked so I don't know how I should be and it's just yeah. and you also have given like the perfect version of yourself so you worry yes. that you might not live up to that whereas if yeah. someone meets you and then mm. the attraction is quite apparent. I think it's, mm-hmm. it's I don't know. I think a, bit, I think a big thing for me is ever since a teenager, like you, and I was like, oh, you know, I can't wait to fall in love. And that's just what you mm. dream, start daydreaming about from as soon as, you know, you meet boys. Is that I love scenes in films where people first clock eyes on one another. And there's, mm. you can see that's like, oh, hi. And then, mm. have you seen the film? Hi. <laughs> 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 have you seen the film Drive? when they I don't know I could list millions or Romeo and Juliet the DiCaprio one when they first clock eyes on one and they're like four you know and I just said to Matt like we had that and I think that's really amazing I think my biggest bit of advice would be to anybody who's searching is, is get out there and just always be on the tube or like everywhere you just never know where you're going to meet that person and yes. any opportunity to be um, the other thing I did when I was single was if anyone ever invited me anywhere that I thought no way I went so yeah. if my gut instinct was like oh no I think the same yeah same 
saying yes it's it's your yes campaign isn't it yeah and because you're always no. going to meet someone like I never thought that I'd meet someone in the gym because I always had in my head when you're meeting someone you're obviously going to be looking your best so you'll be wearing <laughs> your ball gown and the 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 yeah um, so I never thought I'd meet someone in the gym movies and all of these fairy tales have a huge part to play in our expectations as well because <laughs> It's it's we, 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 we have this idea that we are going to be swept off our feet and that the that soulmates is this instant, you know, lightning bolt and straight away we'll just know. I think and I you know, I, I say it because I, I joke about it with James quite a lot, but my mom had this rule when we were growing up in the house dating and it was a three date rule. And she said, <laughs> No matter who the guy is, always make sure you give him three dates because you're never going to get to know him well enough in the first two dates because he's gonna be nervous he's going to be shy you know he's going to struggle with something and I always remember (laughs) going on my first couple of dates with James kind of going oh god I don't know he's he's a really cool guy but I'm just we were playing a few sport games and he was getting really competitive and (laughs) and I remember our third date and I think it was something that we probably planned an hour before and we just did I think we just went for a walk on Dunleary Pier and I swear to God it was on our third date that I think I probably fell in love with James and I never would have gotten to the third date if my mom hadn't gone always give the boy three dates but in my head I had this you have to it, it has to be this Hollywood romance and I think that ruins it for a lot of us girls because we go on our first date and our second date and unless it meets all of our expectations and ticks all of those boxes unless they make us laugh and they have stimulation conversations with us and good jobs and are fertile and <laughs> attractive. Like we have so many boxes that need to be ticked, yeah, yeah. but yet we're not prepared to give the guy a second date yeah. or even a third date. And one of the things, and I'm just, it, it's just, it's the funniest thing. Like you look at myself and James and I can, I can honestly say he's one of the best things that's ever happened to me. And it has nothing to do with the fact that he's standing right in front of me. <laughs> he's one of the best things that ever happened to me but it didn't happen in the first date yeah yeah and I just think that we need to be so careful with our expectations um I think that's why it works having so the difference I suppose in the way that we both ended up with our partners is I was friends Mm -hmm. with mine for so long so even though I liked him and there was chemistry we stayed friends because a bit like you those were my dates in a way because I was like I'm I'm holding back because I want to know I want to know this is the right person and I often say to a lot of people, like, if, you, if you're just out there more, doing more stuff, not sort of sat on Tinder trying to find somebody and just go into any social invites that you get and mixing with, like, meetups and clubs and random places, you will meet more people naturally. And it could be a friend of a friend. It doesn't have to be. And don't get me wrong, there'll be a lot of things you go to and you'll go, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> like, but I think it's also really important that you, a lot of those things that you do are things that you're interested yeah, in and that absolutely. make you happy. And, and that was definitely the, the phase that I was going through through with before I met James was that I had been on dates I had I had kind of done the whole you know I'm going to date with one guy on a Friday night and then the next Saturday night I'll go on a different date with a different guy and I just got to the point where I was like screw it I'm going to meet someone doing my own thing and yeah. that's that's how myself and James met and you know the fact that we both share such a passion like our physical fitness our mental fitness is, is incredible yeah. but we find each other living our own lives doing our own thing we weren't looking for each other and I think that's a lot of the problem and so I am by no means a relationship expert but that's a lot of the problem with women is that we go out looking for people and we forget everything else because we're looking for this guy who meets all of our criteria 
but yet the the guy that will be perfect for us is off somewhere else and we just don't see him because we're obsessed with a criteria and a checklist it's the same thing with weight loss so isn't it like we think that our life will be complete when we lose we that weight, weight. <laughs> yeah or I will only be like my self-esteem will go up I'll feel worthy and I'll feel valuable when I lose weight and it's the exact same thing we place conditions on our our self-worth when we're in a relationship and we allow that status to affect how we feel about ourselves and I think it's quite a um I think it's almost more pressure than it when it comes to I think it's more pressure than weight loss yeah. and how we look because a, a relationship when I'm talking to a client about happiness one of the first things I always ask them is well tell me about your relationships your relationships with your friends and then I move the circle in and I go well tell me about your relationships with your family I move the circle in, tell me about your relationship with your significant other. So whether it's your boyfriend or girlfriend or your partner, and then I bring the relationship even in more and I go, well, tell me about your relationship with yourself. And that's the most important stuff. I think when it comes to our happiness is that when we can spend time nurturing and nourishing those relationships, I quite often say to people, if you expected to be treated like a princess, make sure you treat him like a prince. And I will never ask James to do something that I don't think I could do for him or I haven't done for him. Oh, so if okay. I expect to get breakfast in bed, you can be damn sure that I'll make James breakfast in bed. Yeah. <laughs> He's not, I've made you breakfast in bed plenty of times. But <laughs> you it, just it, pulled it, the it, face. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that, it's that mentality. And I think as women, we expect to be treated like princesses or we want to be treated like princesses. Um, but I'm really honest with people and I'll say, okay, great, you expect this do it for him first. Yeah. If you want to be taken out for a date, you take him out for a date first and show him what it is that you want and allow him the opportunity to model your behavior. Because when you tell someone to do something, the chances of them doing it go down significantly. <laughs> do you know, it's, so, you it's so interesting you say that because the, the relationship I was in before, Matt, which is where I just learned so much, it was a long-term one, I learned so much um, yeah. about about myself and what I was looking for I did exactly that so I tried to you know when you've been in a relationship for a while you both get complacent often and um, you know drift apart a little bit and I could see that happening and we were going down very different lifestyles so I tried to bring it back a little bit and say could we do this or this couples night or join a club together or go dancing together and, and and he would laugh and go don't be daft that's what you know 40 year old couples trying to spice up the relationship do, do you know and and I and I but I could see I thought if we don't do this now um and interestingly I did it for about two years I sort of almost fought this losing battle to go we can rescue this we can do it and then yeah. the moment I went I'm done with this <laughs> I don't think I'm out he suddenly went oh dear oh shit and and complete role reversal and I'd come yeah. home to candlelit dinners but I was out by that point I was like no I'm out it was really like... sad really tragic like for my even for me I was like I can't even get the feelings back now and I really wish you'd done this two years ago but I've spent two yeah. years almost protecting myself I think by slowly mo- removing from that relationship yeah. and then also yeah. seeing other relationships or other people where I thought you know they're more me they're, they're everything mm-hmm. that I want to be and you know yeah. And like you said, a big aspect of that is is just common interests and stuff, but that's it. And it's huge, but it's also being able to give yourselves the time to actually share those common interests together. Yeah. Um, Because I think one of the, one of the best things that's happened to myself and James, aside from our beautiful little princess, Lizzie, who again, listeners, is our dog, (laughs) (laughs) is, is when I left my job, myself and James were able to share the exact same schedules. We were able to share the same timeline or lifestyle, whatever you want to call it. 
like we we're able to eat breakfast together and we're fortunate that we can sometimes have lunch and dinner together as well and you know we're not racing against the clock to make time for each other because the time exists so we have these common interests which is amazing but we're very blessed that we have the time to be able to share in those interests together but we're also very good at creation time when we're quite busy. James yeah. is very good at creation time when he's quite busy. Aww. He, you know, he's very self-conscious that um, if he's been if he's been um, in the uh, gym working on a new launch or something like that, he'll create an evening or a day. Or there's been times where he'll, for my birthday, he'll book us a short break away because he's Aww. he's saying I need I know Sarah wants that time and and that's what she values the most. So that's the gift awesome. is our time for each other. And I think that's you know you can almost create common interests, but the starting point is is time, and you need to be able to give that to each other. Um, because you see so many people and they're like ships passing in the night and they're trying to maintain this facade that's a relationship and it just doesn't it just doesn't work like time is the greatest greatest gift and we need to nurture that do you do date would you call it a date night or you just say say, do you call it a date night or do you just say that you're going to make time for each other or do you actively say we're going to have a date night I think I started when myself and James first uh, started uh, dating I guess we had what we called a date night but every Wednesday night James would come over to the apartment because we weren't living together obviously for the first year that we were going out a year and a half maybe so he'd come over to the apartment on a Wednesday night after he finished working in classes or working in the gym and um, so I guess that was our date night um, and then we'd spend weekends together but now that we're actually living together we don't need to have a date night I guess because the time exists we have our mornings together we have our weekends together so we're quite lucky that we don't need to need to create that time because that time exists yeah in our relationship anyway um so no we're very lucky and there I think I'm I'm very conscious of how lucky we are that that time exists and that, that we have that for each other but we, we are blessed like we're 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 to, to, together obviously in a relationship we also do a huge amount of work together James works quite closely with me on the Better Life Project he is the co-founder I have started to work closely with him on Revolution Fitness and then obviously with Lizzie we're trying to do the whole t- togetherness we don't want Lizzie to have one I guess alpha we don't want her to have one person that she looks up to yeah. more mm-hmm. than the other so we try to share a lot of those responsibilities so it means that we might spend a lot of time with her walking and sort of stuff so the, the time exists we've always been, we've been quite lucky we yeah. don't need a date night the time is just there but we but we nurture each other and we support each other we're, we're a team I, I, I've always thought about that from the very beginning we're just a team call yeah. us team Jara <laughs> James does that too but he also gets sick a little bit every time I say it <laughs> team Jara <laughs> oh that's cool I do think that's yeah. important though I think that's the big biggest difference between previous relationships and what I have with Matt is feel like exactly that we're a team and when I'm down he just picks me up when sometimes you know if I need stuff doing I don't even need to tell him it's done I mean he reads me really well and he's like oh she's she's tired she's dressed she needs this doing or or actually like you know we're having a a great time it'd be lovely to do this at the weekend I don't know we just just get each other completely and what we laugh about is (laughs) partly because we've run a business but even before that we've never not spoken so if we fall out we just talk about everything there and then and mm. with my previous partner there was a lot of like moods and stomping off and like not talking mm. for a you know like a, a night try and guess what's wrong with me type stuff like when I look back I think that was just you know my fault as much as his just behaving mm. really badly not communicating and and with Matt it's mm. more like 
straight away I'll go that just really annoyed me that you did that or that was amazing that you did that do you know what I mean and it's always just communication is a big big deal yeah. I'm very careful and I think it's, it's, it's one thing that we're quite good at but I in, in no matter what relationship whether or not it's myself my sister James or a parent I pick my battles and I won't I'll let stuff slide and I mean that in the loosest sense of the term but I'm not going to bring to task every little thing because I don't want that to be how that day will be remembered or how that relationship will be defined by I guess bringing up everything that annoyed me I, I don't do that and I don't do that with my best friends I don't do, do that with myself so I'm sure as hell I'm not going to do it with James but you pick your battles and you know cu- communication like you said is, is, is huge and <laughs> never going to bed after a fight yeah I guess never just leaving it is, is always a huge one what you just, thing, I say, what you just oh, said there with never, the pick your battles is yeah. basically don't be a nag yeah. <laughs> oh my god I was walking um, walking home yesterday at about nine o'clock and the reason I noticed her was because she must have been about four foot five she was tiny but she was standing on a small curb to talk to her boyfriend and she was still looking up and as as I was passing I got one sentence you need to acknowledge what you did and I was like oh my god that's such a crazy thing to say and I was saying oh my god is that what I sound like (laughs) James is looking at me going yes because <laughs> I'm I'm a big I'm a big believer in just you know just just if, if something has gone wrong just acknowledge it and you don't have to be sorry for the thing but you have to at least be sorry that you upset the person yeah so acknowledge it that's that's kind of that's always important to me I might not always be apologetic for something that I've done I'll always be sorry for how I've made someone feel not for sometimes what I said so acknowledging it always always been a big one for me but as I was passing that girl I was like she's such a nag. Is that what I sound like? Oh my god! Get it. I think so strange. One thing I was going to say is I think a lot of times what I see quite a bit of is when I work when I work with clients is they take out their unhappiness on their partner a, a lot, I, and I, you mm. can just tell that from conversations that you have, questions that you ask, and stuff. And I just think you know you have to take a step back every now and then and think like that, that you know they're not responsible for your happiness; they're just a part of your happiness. Um, and you know yeah and I think that's that's a really good thing to look at it because if, if we look at our happiness and we look at what we can do to improve on our happiness there are relationships plays a massive role in that and whilst you can never fully blame a relationship for being the source of your unhappiness you can certainly maximize a relationship in order to increase your happiness yeah but I think quite often what we do and it's a conversation I've had with my best friend a few times is when we meet a significant other be it a you know boyfriend girlfriend we kind of put all our eggs into that basket and we expect that partner to become a father a mother a boyfriend a girlfriend and a best friend and I remember I had this conversation a while ago and my best friend was being quite, she was really cool about it, but she was like, Sarah, why would you expect James to be your best friend? I'm your best friend. I feel that role. Don't <laughs> put that pressure on James. Don't put that expectation on James. Don't expect him to be a father figure either because I see so many women who will do that. And I thought it was really interesting because you see all these wedding speeches on Facebook and you go to all these weddings and, and it's, I marry my best friend. I'm like, I'm really happy for you. I'm really happy for you that you're marrying your best friend, but I have a best friend and, 
And James is something completely different to all of that. And I think that's one of the reasons why maybe our relationship is as good as it is because the expectations are quite clear. My best friend is Juliet. James is never going to be anywhere near a father figure in my life. He's never (laughs) going to be... It's very clear what that role is and the role that he plays in my life. And the expectations in my mind are extremely clear. And I think quite often that's a problem in relationships is that that person becomes a person's everything. And when that person falls short of your expectations, it's like your world has come to an end because your world has come to an end because that person becomes everything. So you kind of need to be able to step back and look at that and and go, okay, I'm, I'm really happy that I have this extra wonderful thing in my life, but I'm not going to turn this one thing into my whole life. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I think we have to be careful about that. I think yeah. you end up almost losing yourself if that's what you do, because like you just said, it's, it's like you're yeah. trying to, controlling this one person to make them be everything that you want them to be, becomes a full-time job, and you forget to do all the things oh, yeah. that you did before the relationship, like go out and see your friends yeah. or go out and do stuff that you, you know, love doing before whatever it may be going to the gym whatever mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of people sort of like yes. one of my friends in particular just almost becomes the person that she's dating <laughs> like if that person's into yeah. indie music she starts rocking indie clothes and buying indie albums and you know like yeah. and the next person might yeah. be I don't know whatever the latest person she's dating is yeah. but yeah I, I completely agree about just keeping you know <laughs> it's almost like the dating phase needs to continue because you don't initially make somebody your entire life when you meet them so <laughs> there are still other no, things no. that, that I, feed into um, it one of, I remember one of my uh, one of my degrees my undergraduate degree was was philosophy and as part of that we had to read a book called the symposium and there was a beautiful extract in that book that described humans whether or not they were called humans I can't remember from the beginning of time and they were basically one entity with two legs and four arms and and four legs and they they would they were created as this one soul but with two two heads and they were punished by Zeus because they were trying to take over something and they were becoming more powerful. So Zeus said they must be punished. I'm going to split them in half. So he got his thunderbolts and he threw them at these beings and he tore them in half and he separated them. And this is the whole idea, and I guess, and origin of soulmates. And then these two beings spent their entire lives looking for each other. And, and when they found each other, they, they would quite often die together because they spent so much of their energy and, and, and their time trying to fuse themselves back together that they completely lost themselves. And it was just, it was a beautiful extract. And I remember falling in love with the idea of a soulmate going, isn't that just a wonderful thing? Wouldn't you love to be one of the lucky few who actually finds their soulmate? But again, I often wonder in the same breath is it just a lot of pressure that we put ourselves on um, either as women or as men to find someone who is that perfect and I often wonder does it exist um, I know it's funny, and, and everyone has such different definitions of what a soulmate yeah. would be and to me I think what having been so so I've been with my eight years and my previous relationship was seven and what I'd say to me is it's a very different eight years to the last seven in that yeah. it doesn't feel I don't know it's, 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 we still sort of support each other in so many ways yeah. and happiness like we support each other's happiness so much better mm. and we're able to stop every now and then <laughs> a bit like a nutrition plan or training program and go okay this isn't working you know we've slipped into a habit of I don't know just just mm. being you know whatever dismissive or you know bad habits mm. with relationships when they when, when they build up and, and let's stop mm. it and go back to what we're good at and yeah mm. so I just think but to have that I don't know it still feels eight eight years in it still feels 
it doesn't feel old it feels new all the time exciting mm. I can't I can always see plans with him in the future and adventures Aww. and stuff and, and I think that's so me cool. <laughs> like if you yeah. I could call him my best friend soulmate or my boyfriend or whatever I just think yeah. to me it's still I love waking up with him every day and that's the most yeah. important thing so a part of the the definition of happiness is um, 50% how much you, I guess, um, experience positive emotions, but 50% how much you progress and how satisfied you are about how much you progress towards your life goals. Yeah. And I, I kind of feel the same way about James, is that when I think about those life goals and when I think about, uh, um, you know, the steps that I need to take in order to achieve those, James is either a part of it, supporting me, pushing me, pulling me. Yeah, um, awesome. Or just adding so much value to it. But I think that's really, really, I think we should be, I feel quite, lucky I think we are quite lucky that that our partner plays that sort of role in our life because it it, honestly it brings so much happiness when I look at a person and and they're stuck in a rush relationships look at your friends family significant other and yourself and whether or not they they do something to support you and lift you in the moment or whether or not they do something to help get you excited about tomorrow let's nurture and develop that because it's huge and sometimes you've got people who go yeah my god my family is so important to me my friends are my everything but when was the last time you actually picked up the phone and called your mom or when was the last time you just dropped into your best friend's house uninvited or unannounced you know that sort of stuff let's follow through on our, on our attitudes a little bit more and, and let's actually you know make our behaviors count so that we're actually building towards something that will be remembered tomorrow instead of just talking about it because we, we're really good at just talking about stuff <laughs> these days so everyone that's listening needs to go away and make some serious plans serious plans <laughs> serious plans, plans. Fun, yeah. fun happy plans yeah. if you had one piece of advice for all of our listeners what would it be like oh. what do you and Matt do that really works for you? I can't I can never be concise when you ask me these questions. I can never think of like one thing. <laughs> you go first and I'm gonna think. <laughs> um what does myself and James do? We share a vision and we have the same values. So we kind of want to go to pretty much the exact same place and we might verge off and do different things, but we always come back to each other because we share the same values and we're patient with each other and James is awesome. <laughs> I would say, yeah, really, really similar in that we just have, a, we just share very, we just share the mm. same passions. Um, mm. But also it's just the most fun. I was going to say ride, but that just sounds absolutely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Sorry, I was going to say something highly inappropriate. <laughs> quickly move on yeah. sorry um but yeah they say you know they say life's a journey not a destination so i'm, I'm just yeah. loving the journey man i'm loving the journey because of him That's so nice. and it, it's, it's funny we would, we drove somewhere in the car today and he was just making me laugh in the car with yeah. the stories and, and impressions and i just thought even getting in the car with him for two hours is fun like i like it i know he's gonna just make me laugh so yeah. there aren't many people yeah. that i've ever had that that experience with so yeah and he's buff <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to get that in there. <laughs> it's pretty hot. It's a, it'll do. It's <laughs> grand, sure. <laughs> um, I love talking with you today. It was no, great. It was amazing. Amazing. It is just like just feel like we're just gossiping. <laughs> but there we go. Yeah. Useful gossip, obviously. Yes, we're going to change it to fit girl gossip soon. Yeah. <laughs> 
Anyway, Karis, it was amazing as usual talking to you. Can't wait for the next episode. Awesome. Have a good week and I'll speak to you soon. Speak to you soon, Karis. Bye. Bye.